0: Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business without constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual. Now, my special guest today is Adi Clevett, a seasoned expert in transforming businesses through effective systemization. She is the host of the podcast Systems Simplified and is founder of the Business Success Consulting Group. Now, Adi has a track record of helping fast-growing businesses to streamline their operations, enhance their employee training and retention, and increase their profitability. And her work is pivotal for those who are preparing to scale or sell their business, ensuring they're not just surviving, but thriving in today's competitive market. So in this episode, we're going to uncover the hidden challenges that businesses face without the proper systems. We'll explore the transformational power of having efficient processes, and we'll learn how to begin the journey of systemization for sustained growth and success. Adi, can you share an overview of what do we mean by systemization and what does that mean in the context of a growing business?
1: Sure. So systems, you know, it's something that you are going to do repetitively. It's a way of doing something repetitively over and over, but to get the same results, right? So that, that is a system now. Within the system, of course, you can have variables of how you do it, but you basically, if you systematize something, you have a way of doing something in a controlled way to get the same results. So for instance, you have your sales team, or you're growing your business and you want to hire now a sales team or an estimator, etc. cetera. If you want to systematize the way you sell, you basically will have all the key components in place in terms of qualifying leads, in terms of, well, receiving the leads, lead intake, qualifying the leads, basically gathering the information, right? The data analysis, or so the need assessment, and then writing the proposal or the estimate and presenting the estimate and then the follow-up. So that will be a system because you are following specific steps in order to achieve an end result. Now, it's not like you're going to follow out the script every single time, right? You're going to have the freedom of talking to the person in front of you because if you have somebody who is more concerned about different things, you're gonna to talk to them about those things and somebody they say, yeah, let's go. So you sign them up. So you have the way of doing it, but you're following a system.
0: Sure, and, and you know that I'm a geek for systems as well. And the concept of having repeatable systems, like having that confidence that you can have those systems in your business, I think is a popular one. It's one that I think most people and business owners, business leaders would appreciate, that, that benefit that you'd have. But to really bring that to life, what are some of the most common challenges that you see in fast growing businesses that lack those systems that provide that consistency?
1: In businesses that are fast gro- that are growing fast and changing the challenge is how do I capture the changing processes because it's not maybe it's not something as concrete or as solid as a business and doesn't have a lot of changes so one of the challenges is how do I keep up with the changes and make sure that I communicate the changes. So those are, you know, another challenge is how to make sure that if you do have those processes in place, how do we make sure that they're actually followed by all, like how do we not slip back to old habits and how do you overcome the, but that's the way it's always been done kind of syndrome, right?
0: Yeah, and I, I think that yeah, a lot of those resonate with me as ones that we've seen perhaps you know, with our clients on the air manual side, or that I've had in my own businesses over the years. If I was to dive in perhaps to, to one of those areas, which is um, people doing things differently. One of the first examples you gave of the problem that you see when you don't have that systemization is that everyone works out their own different way of doing things. And actually, in some businesses, I almost see that encouraged, you know, and an encouragement of, well, you know, we we want to hire smart people and we want them to have autonomy and we don't want to spoon feed them too much or make them feel too scripted. You know, people aren't robots, we want them to use their own genius. What's the problem with that?
1: Absolutely. And I'm gonna take an example of a creative agency, a marketing agency, because that's where I hear it the most, right? I mean, we don't want to squash creativity. We want to make sure that people can have their own way, which is nothing wrong with it, but it's the balance. It's all about the balance between those two. So an example of a marketing agency that we were working with. So if they didn't have any assistance, when they were running into, they were growing. I mean, you know, it was working fine. It worked fine when you had an owner as kind of like a solopreneur or maybe somebody assisting them. But then when they start growing and getting more and more clients, you know, the, what was broken was really the intake of the clients. Because let's say you sell a website, you sign up a client. I mean, you have to deliver. I cancel on you or they're going to get upset or you're going to get, they're not going to be um, raving fans and you want raving fans to your brand, right? So um, what we did is we created a system on how to intake a client. So a client comes on. First of all, the system of signing, presenting a proposal and signing the proposal and really for them to understand what is happening so that way they were able to hire salespeople. So that's one thing. But then when it was got handed off from sales to operations, to the fulfillment, we systematized that because what can happen is, oh, great, I sold something, but then forgot to, to commit fulfillment and then the client doesn't hear anything. And that's a very touchy point here. because. That's where the buyer remorse can happen. That's where the clients go, well, you know, I paid all this money. The salesperson was great, but now nobody's calling me. And it's not because you just want to take the money and not call. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have a system of doing it and you just let the salesperson call whenever, it's not going to happen. So we implemented that handoff and we really smoothed it out so... We Created a system for the onboarding so when a client joins, immediately get a welcome email with any of the next steps. That's the same, right? You don't have to reinvent the email every single time. You can use a template, and you can, of course, but and we encourage that don't just use a template so it looks templated, but use the template and add a few sentences that makes it personalized to the clients. So let's say if the salesperson writes the email, so instead of sitting there for 20 minutes and every single time writing a new email, use the template and then. As it was great meeting with you. I love the company. I love what you do. And yes, I know it's very important to you, blah, blah, blah. And we'll make sure that happens. Boom. Client feels like he's communicating to me, but it also has all the important information that you don't have to retype, right? So that's a system. You send it to the client, then, you know, the follow up. So there is a system of how fast can we get all the assets? Because when you Create a website, you know, you have to get information from the client, and sometimes it takes time. So, you need to have a system for the follow up so we don't extend it unnecessarily. Then, we have to have a system for the milestones throughout the project. You know, we don't have a system necessarily on the color choosing or the creativity you could have adv- best advice so you don't have to reinvent the wheel and we actually did that because we worked with an architecture firm and and a design firm that you know the best advice was great because people can just go there and the, instead of starting from zero they can start up here and then take it all to next level so the example of a system and the result of it is that that marketing agency just Grew and grew and grew because they were able to train, they were able to deliver better service to the clients, and clients felt it. And you know, and I interviewed on my podcast many successful agency owners, and the common denominator is that all of them had very well documented processes and procedures, while in between giving the freedom of creativity with their staff.
0: Yeah. I I love that because I think that's one of the, it's one of the common objections that we hear when it's okay. Yes. I get that you, many businesses want to systemize, but I wouldn't want to systemize mine because I don't want to take out the creativity, the magic, the freedom, whatever. And often, you know, I often say it's like, I think people make the mistake of thinking that the, that structure results in reduced creativity. Whereas actually it's like, no structure reduces chaos and actually, if you want to be creative, chaos makes that very difficult, right? <laughs> like, you know, if you want to be creative and get your thinking going, where do people go? They go on retreats and spa breaks and all these sorts of things where well, you don't have chaos. <laughs> it's calm and and you, and things work in a particular way. So it's, I think that's, I really like that as, well, as an example. I think also I really like that you illustrate how it's not just about fixing some problems like inconsistent customer experiences so you've got a few unhappy customers and, and so on actually it fundamentally has the has the ability to when you have the systems in place to support uh scaling as you said with the, the marketing agency they then able to grow really fast and so on in fact it'd be really interesting to see like what did it take? Like, you Because know, I think that's one of the concerns that people have around systemization is, oh, it'll take a long time before I can get these sorts of benefits. What's been your experience of how much time or effort needs to go in before you start getting results? And then what's the scale and potential of those results? Immediate
1: results. Like within a month, they can see the results because they were, yes, we, they're all in and they had the mindset of we're going to use it. And there will be companies that, you know, you need to, work through, create, you know, talk to individuals, interview them, convince them that it will be good for you. So it really depends on where the company is at. But the thing that I like to see is immediate return on investment and the way that we do it. And that's what I also recommend to, you know, not just like the people that we work with, but just in general, how to approach um, a project like this is to actually make sure that you start With that area that will give you the big return on investment and what do i mean by that is you look at your company right and then you go okay what area of the company if i had well documented processes and procedures will get me the biggest return on investment and you have to figure out what the return on investment is for you like for instance i had a client that said you know i'm working 60 hours a week i have small kids i don't see them My return on investment will be to be able to have dinner with my family three times a week. I'd be like, okay, so how can we do that? What hat do you have to shed and give to somebody else and train them in order for you to work five place hours a week so you can actually have that dinner, right? Let's start let's start in incremental steps. You know, we're not just like working out, you know, it's not like we're gonna take somebody who is 300 pounds, we can say, yeah, we're going to just like right now get you buff and, you know, running a marathon. It doesn't work. And then people get discouraged. So it's like, let's take that step that will actually show you results. So I had another client that she said, well, you know, what I would like to do is to actually live on Tuesday at 4pm and pick up my kid from kindergarten and go to the park.
0: I really like that. I love the fact that even when we're talking about what's the return investment, it's not just about the business scaling faster, making more money. In some cases, it's time with family members and so on. One of the other things that I know that you've helped clients with is actually helping them get ready for sale. So could you talk a bit about how systemization plays a role in increasing the value of a business for sale and, and making that that process possible and easier? And perhaps any examples that you've had of like what tangible impact having that systemization in place has had.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, I helped several businesses, we've helped myself and my team, we've helped several business prepare for sale by systematizing. And why? It's because it gives so much confidence to the buyer that when they're investing in the business, they can do something with it. Because I'll give you an example of a project that we have done on the opposite side when we got hired by the buyer like the person that actually bought the business and he bought a business that was moving i mean going along for about 30 years you know he had a lot of potential that's why he bought the business and there was an employee there that you know basically she was working there she worked there probably from the beginning and she had all the knowledge in her head so he realized that if they don't document what she knows if she goes You know, he basically invested in nothing because he would have to figure it all out and there was no way he would be able to, and he would lose all of his investment. So they brought us in to document and that's what we did. We extracted the information, we created processes and everything was really well documented and they were able to follow it. And then eventually, you know, when the employee retired, they were able to continue with the business. It's business continuity. Now it's kind of like selling a house. So in this example, you sell a house, it's kind of like a fixer-upper, you know, you don't get a lot of, you don't get, you don't don't charge a lot, but you go, okay, buy it as is because I want to get rid of the house, right? And then you buy the house and you invest all the money in the renovation. But the problem there is that, you know, not a lot of buyers would be willing to do that because what if you start ripping out the floors and, you know, and the cabinets and all that, and you find mold or dry rot or who knows what, right? So you might as well just buy something that is, that you know, that is under warranty, that the construction was already done, the problems got handled. But on the other hand, on the flip side, if you're selling a house, you know, that if you're going to invest in certain things, you're going to get a return on your investment because selling a house that the kitchen is fully renovated and somebody walks in and go like, wow. So maybe it costs you $30,000 to renovate the kitchen, but you got another hundred thousand dollars in the sale price because it's what, you know, it gives you the confidence. It gives you like, you know, it's ready to move in. It's different. So that it's the same concept. I mean, I'm just throwing numbers. I mean, you know, in terms of the remodeling, but it's the same concept. I mean, I had a client that had a painting company and he met with a prospective buyer and i was there with him and i saw the eyes of the prospective buyers like wow okay you know you could see that they were like i've never seen anything like that they didn't say that but that was the reaction right or another company that just sold you know a retail company we documented everything their marketing we documented their campaigns we documented the how to train employees i mean it was huge. And then they got definitely, I mean, they the price that they sold the company for definitely exponentially grew because of the well-documented processes and procedures. Because it's, you know, like, why do people buy franchises? They buy franchises. I mean, there are different reasons, but one of the main reasons, and we work with several franchises, franchisors, right, to create the manuals, is That because it's a plug and play, you know, you just like you pay the money, yeah, you pay money for it, you don't start a business from scratch, but you're expecting a manual, you're expecting a marketing plan, you're expecting, like, okay, it's you know how to do those things, it's been successful, and what you need to do, you can concentrate on being the operator. Or, I mean, obviously, you need to run the business, but let's say, for instance, if you are buying a carpet cleaning franchise because you work somewhere else as a carpet cleaner, or you know how to clean carpets, okay. Or, you know, installing blinds, you know how to do that. You know how to sell, but, you know, the marketing part, the hiring the employees, you know, the how to keep the books, all of that, you know, if you have it all well documented, that's why you're buying the franchise. So it's the same concept. You're basically, how can you sell a business without even getting the, any, transferring the knowledge? And, you know, another key thing is that, I interview many entrepreneurs that sold the business and, you know, you probably can run a business. Sometimes you are tied into a contract to actually be now a consultant in your own business for several years. Sometimes why is that? It's because they don't want to lose the knowledge, right? They tie you in there because, and you maybe not get the entire sell price because, you know, they want to make sure the new owners want to make sure that they're actually investing in something that will continue. Now, imagine if you had everything documented and it's a great manual, that contract might go from two years to maybe three to six months because it's all documented. You of course want to make sure it's being passed correctly. So yeah, I mean, it's not going to eliminate that completely, but it will be, if you've been asked questions well go look at the manual, go look at the manual. Eventually they will say, oh, go look at the manual. It's all here. We don't need you anymore. We don't need you to pay you this big salary. Okay, you go. And then you have the freedom from your business. Yeah,
0: I love that. And I think for a lot of people who are uh, either considering uh, selling their business or just want it to be in good shape uh, if they need or want to exit in future or someone who's buying it, I think the um, the attractiveness of essentially reducing transition risk and therefore for the buyer reducing the risk that the business doesn't continue to, to throw out decent cash flow, or for the seller reducing the risk that they're gonna need some kind of earn out or need to spend a long, a long time in the business after sale, which um, from people I know that have sold businesses can be incredibly painful and emotionally draining to have to spend time around a business that you've emotionally, exited from and and perhaps aren't happy with how the new owners might run it. And right. so, yeah, removing those sorts of things is incredibly attractive. We've talked about how systemizing can have a huge impact on an, a business's ability to scale. We've talked about how for the individual, for the business owner, for the leader, it can help free them from the business and help give them time with their family and so on. It can help them reduce the reliance of the business on them, when it comes to a sale or an exit so that they're not having to be tied to it. And it has benefit for someone who's buying a business and wants to make sure that it's going to continue in future. One of the challenges that I often see is this concern around how can we get things captured in a way that is quick because for example, often in these scenarios, particularly if you're trying to capture what an employee is doing, perhaps before they leave an organization, you need to do it quickly. But also, you don't want to capture a load of mess that's really difficult for other people to then pick up and run with. How have you approached that?
1: That's a great question. You know, one of the things that we always use is a process documentation platform, we got to. And you know, your platform air manuals is amazing. You know, I love the interface. Okay. I love how it's organized, but why, why not to just document it on SharePoint or Google drive or, Word document. Well, first of all, you need the version control. That's super important. You know, you have to make sure that you actually, not everybody can access it. And yes, you can have viewers and editors, etc. but it's still, it's not as simple, you need to organize it in such a way where you can upload videos and screenshots very easily. You have to make sure that it's uniform, you know, that everything looks the same because how many times have i looked at companies and they say, yeah, we have documentation, and then you open a Word document with a few words on it, right? When you use a, a process documentation platform, it does the editing. I mean, it does basically the structure for you. So all you need to do is to enter the text and enter the screenshots and enter the videos. It's very easy to monitor where it's at you know, so so you have basically your manual, but it's more than that because guess in air manuals, you are able to see, you are able to actually project, I mean, manage the whole project, basically. These are the core processes I need to schedule to document. Here's who's responsible for the documentation. This is what percentage was done, right? And then you can really find out and see where are you at on the documentation. But not only that, you can then send it to everyone through the system and you also can create regular reviews which are so important so those platforms i mean like air manuals is like there for a reason it's because it makes it takes the guess out of like where's my document where am i I'm saving it to everyone has access and this is the manual this is the mind of the company. This is the repository of everything that the company, all the knowledge of the company. I mean, the knowledge of the company is so valuable. It's really, if you look at the asset of what the company is, you know, it's not the machines and the vehicles and the fleet and whatnot. That's fine. I mean, it definitely is, but it has a price. It can be replaced, right? But the knowledge, which goes together with the human capital, are really the assets of the company. So in order to retain that human capital and also retain the knowledge, you have to invest in a system that will actually capture it and it will be easy to use. I mean, in order for the documentation, for the processes to be used, you have to have also a system that the people will feel excited about logging in and they will feel like it's, when they look at it, they smile. They don't just... You know, go. Oh, I don't want to go in there, right? Or it's like boring. It's not exciting. You know, it's it, it, whatever it is. You know, you have to make sure that it's actually something that is easy to use, easy to access, and that the employees want to use.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think that you're so right. A bit, you know about how how it's organized, how it's designed, how it looks, how it feels. Actually, makes a surprising amount of difference to the extent to which your team are actually going to use the documentation and follow it and keep it up to date we've both definitely experienced that that those moments in our careers where we've ended up taking that moment go, oh i've spent so much time just moving the borders in this table in a word document to try and make this look okay and now i've realized it looks different to the 10 other documents and so and like that's not where you want to be spending your time creating those things like having that structure and making it easy to get that and used is so important and and i like that i think for a lot of people they'll be thinking okay i want to sort out systemization it feels like quite a big thing though it can feel particularly for someone who doesn't feel like they're a a systems geek uh, and uh, and love processes perhaps even see it as boring heaven forbid uh, but uh, what would be your advice on where they should start
1: you know they should make a decision to start they should really convince themselves i would really start by making a list of the why why is it so important for you to document your processes and procedures and it can't be because somebody told you um, it can't be because you heard a podcast and and you go okay well now i'm, I'm supposed to it's not going to carry you through it's just think about you of exercising you know you can ask me where where would it be Where would be the decision like what would be the first step in working out you know and staying fit well it's really making the decision that that's what you're gonna do and starting you know it's kind of like you know the mornings that i wake up and i just don't oh, I, i'm not gonna work out today i work out almost every day right but there will be those mornings that i'm just like oh no get on the bike, come on, let's do it, you know, and and then you start doing it and then you do more and you do more and then you just get into it. So you have to start, but you have to make a decision and you have to get buy-in from your group. So if you are, you know, you have your employees, you know, there will be the, oh, processes are not needed. We, you know, it will, it will, you know, just like when we started a podcast, you know, it will tie us down. It's not creative enough, whatever they're saying, or it's, or we have to produce, we don't have time for processes. You know, you have to get the buy-in and you have to figure out why do you want to engage on this process, on this project of documenting processes. And I think if you have that, then you go into the area that will give you the biggest return on investment.
0: Yeah, I I think that's absolutely key. And I think the, as you say, focusing on the what's the why behind it, like what do you want from it? It reminds me of um, another uh, person that we interviewed on the podcast uh, a little while ago, Kirk Miller, where we were talking about his whole thing was around fitness and focusing on actually what's the positive outcomes that you're looking for rather than focusing on all of the negative things that you associate with exercise and so on. And I think it's to say getting clear on what does it look like for you as a business owner? How do you want to show up as a business owner? What do you want it to feel like for your team, for you, for your family?
1: Right, I mean, Alexis, I mean, just think about it, like, like you did it in your own business what did what is it that you wanted to achieve
0: yeah for me it was it's been at various stages like one one of the big stages was extracting myself out of sales so that i could grow right i knew that I couldn't scale any further if I was always going to uh, rely on my own time to be able to have the sales. But also one of the biggest things for me was being able to spend time with my family. And I remember systemizing support particularly was important for us, customer support, because if myself and Paddy, my co-founder, like if we were the ones that always have to do support, it meant that holidays and weekends and evenings and so on would get eaten when when issues occurred and so i think as you say it's like thinking about what's the what's causing you pain what's taking you away from your ideal life and then working backwards from that to say okay this is the thing i need to systemize and i think that that probably illustrates that it's not even it's not even the case that once you've identified that you have to systemize the whole business like you you start getting results when you start documenting an individual process or task and I, I think that can scare equally cool well unfortunately we, we've come up with time but it's been so good talking to adi your podcast system simplified is absolutely awesome for people wanting to learn more about this and we've referenced some of the great interviews that you've done on there and i'd recommend people connect with you on uh, social media and so i'll make sure that there's uh, links in the show notes and also uh, if people would like to find out about adi's business it's uh, you can find it at www.biz that's b-i-z success cg.com again link in the show notes is there any other way in which people should connect with you follow you etc
1: i mean you know linkedin is great as you said in social media so just look me up in linkedin it's adi Clevitt, and you know i'll be happy to talk to you, you can always book a free process mapping session it's the link is in linkedin and also on our website fantastic
0: love it Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Dee. And for anyone listening, if you found today's content valuable, and I'm sure that you did, please just take a minute, hit the like button, subscribe, leave a review, just one of those as a minimum, get a th- throw us a bow. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Uh, this will help the episode get more visibility, helps more people. So please do that. But otherwise, thanks so much for tuning in. And thank you, Adi, for for joining me and sharing such great insight. But otherwise, for everyone else, until next time, have fun.